Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen. Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life. Hello, everyone. This is Peter and Kristen coming to you from our Maryland homestead. I just deleted our first take of the the intro to the podcast because we did what we said we would never do, which is we started talking about the weather. Now you're talking about the weather again. I just <laughs> stopped talking about the weather. So many homesteading podcasts, they start out with you, you know people talking about the weather, and we're just we're committed to not doing that. But anyway, no, we did it. that's not. No, you always talk about the weather. I do. It's, it's very interesting to <laughs> me, but I don't think it's interesting to anybody else. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we have gotten a lot of questions over the last few years about how to do homesteading with young children. Yes. And this is actually a podcast that I don't want to do. Right. <laughs> because why? I feel like, okay, so I'm blessed that I have a lot of girlfriends that I've known, you know, most of my life and we're, we've all had kids around the same time and we all have similar parenting philosophies. Nobody has a radically different parenting philosophy and all the kids are so different. So I don't like talking about this is how you should parent or, you know, because God has made each kid so different with such different personalities because they are called for a different purpose. So the way that one person's kids one person interacts with their kids is not necessarily the right way for somebody else to interact with their kids and, or, or, you know, way to raise them or anything like that. Right. So I I don't like saying, um, this is what you should do, or I don't know, this is what's best because that's just not true. And that's just going to cause trouble and cause anxiety. Um, so I haven't wanted to answer this question, but, um, at the same time, I think it's okay just to share our life and share what it looks like for us to homestead with kids. And if there's something that sticks with you and you want to, that you want to try out, then great. But if it doesn't work, then there's no, I don't think that there's like a exact right way to parent. So, yeah. So this is kind of random, but uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, before he became Pope, gave this very famous um, homily to the College of Cardinals before they went in to vote on who was going to become Pope. And then, of course, he became Pope Benedict. And it's a very famous thing. And for whatever reason, the title of it always caught my attention. It's called The Tyranny of Relativism. And so that title stuck in my mind for years afterwards. And then I converted it. Once we had toddlers, I started calling it The Tyranny of Toddlerism because we had this we had this picture up on our on our refrigerator after having kids and it said say hello to your new boss and it had this picture of this little toddler and it's like i don't know the answer to what you do with toddlers i don't think we know you just survive them so that's the first thing is when you have young kids it's just you have to survive when they're just your boss and and ordering you around constantly in that toddler phase it's very difficult but yeah when we moved out to our homestead we had one child who was not yet one, one child who was not yet two, a four-year-old, and a five-year-old. And I look back at that time, because <clears throat> people ask, how do you do it? With, And I look back at that time when I had the two toddlers, and it was a lot of me being in the house with the toddlers while Pete took the two older kids, who were right. still young, <laughs> four and, five. and they just went out and did uh, work together. Pete did a lot of the work on his own um, while I 
just kind of held the kids. And I wasn't bitter about that because a lot of it was my ideas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, yeah, I was implementing your thoughts and dreams. I know. A lot of I was like, hey, I really think I'm like kind of the visionary and Pete's kind of the implementer in a yeah. lot of ways. Not always. I mean, you still have great <laughs> no, ideas. You but, are the visionary. Your ideas are but, almost always better than mine. So I was really, I, I knew that you know, I could have said, I'm going to do it and you stay in with the kids, but I knew that he would work a lot faster than I would and it would just get done a lot faster if he did yes. something. I think there was a time where I was like, how would I go do this? And then I was like, why am I doing this? This is taking forever. If he could do this so much faster than yeah. me. So a lot of that early homesteading was <clears throat> me in the house with the two little ones. And then luckily um, they did, they were good nappers. I actually, there's a book that somebody gave me. So I had a, my first kid was just, he cried all the time. And looking back, he was just overtired. That I think that was really it. I didn't right. really understand a baby's, um, the need that they have for sleep. So somebody gave me this book called Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child. And um, I, don't, I don't remember who it was by, but the title is, again, Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child. And if you have a baby, I just highly recommend it. It saved my life. Yeah. Um, I really, um, <clears throat> with my younger two, I, I revolved our life around their nap schedules, which I always said I was never going to do. I was definitely the kind of mom that I had a job. I loved my job. I was a youth minister and I was like, you know, the baby's just going to be, you know, brought into my life and, you know, he'll just kind of fit in and he can just nap when he naps. Like, I just really believed that that would be the way that I would want a parent. And, that definitely works for some people, but it did not work for my kids. They would not, they wouldn't nap if we were out. And what that meant was yeah, well, everyone suffered. Yeah, there's the way you want to parent, and then there's the kids you actually get. And those two things might not go together. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's so funny because so often before you have kids, you'll be like, well, my kids are going to be like this, or I'm going to do this. And then you have kids and you realize that it's, there's, there's a lot that's not in your control, actually. Yeah. So everybody suffered. I brought this baby around. It was like, he'll just nap when he gets tired, and he'll learn to do that. But no, he never did. He just was so fussy, cried all the time, because he was just, he was overtired. And so with my other kids, I just really revolved our life around their naps, which sounds kind of crazy, but, and it, I'm sure it was annoying for a lot of people <laughs> like, sorry, we can't go napping, but it just made for such a peaceful life because they slept very, very well. And then they were a lot happier when they were awake. Right. Um, whereas if they, if my kids were overtired, if they missed a nap, it was just, they weren't just so fussy and needy and very, very difficult. So right. I was able to get things done, um, get some homesteading things done when they were napping. But well, and that leads into one of the things that works well for us with our family and homesteading was that a lot more of our life was now at home. Yeah. Instead of running around to different things, we were at home for a lot more hours. And so homesteading is really great because then there's all these interesting, productive things that you can be doing at home. Right. Well, that was another huge change to me. Like when we lived at our old house, um, I had to get out all the time. I just felt like I always had to get out of the house. And so it made napping harder. But then with my younger two, it was just like, hey, we actually like being here and the older two are really happy. So the younger two can have a really great uh, nap schedule. So right, right. that was that was really great. But um, so we so there's there's been two kind of time periods in the homestead for us. When we first moved here, we had the toddlers, which meant a lot of me following them around and watching them and them taking naps and Pete doing a lot of the work 
without me, but with the older kids. And Pete, you can talk about working with kids, I think. Right. Well, the first thing was, the, yeah, the first years we had children, we were at our old house. And I remember winters being so suffocating because I'd been used to just getting out a lot. That's how my whole life had been. And the cold never really bothered me anyway. But I, I, <laughs> I would, I would get out at winter. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, and now I was stuck inside, and you know, you know, cleaning up a dirty diaper or something. I just remember being like, I gotta get out. And so um, we moved out to the homestead here, and yeah, Kristen was still stuck inside with the little ones. But all of a sudden, now I had all of these reasons to be getting outside again in the winter and, and, and as much as possible bringing the four-year and five-year-old along with me. And, and that is the thing, is if you have toddlers right now, just realize that that's just a phase, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't last forever. And then they get into the four- to five-year-old range, and, and then things can change. And so... Yeah, I do want to say really quickly, right now we have a five-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old, and it is so much fun. Yeah. It is just so much fun. I get a lot of time to my—so I'm a homeschool mom, and it's important for a homeschool mom to get, like, space and, and time for herself, time to herself, and I feel like living on a homestead, having the older kids just going out with Peter without us having to leave, I get so much time to myself. Yeah. Which is—I just feel like I'm—, an, I'm a very healthy homeschool mom. Yeah. And then the the other kids almost always really want to be with me. I got lectured the other day because I was going out and spreading some wood chips and I was going to do it for like 15 minutes. It was like I had a little break and that was going to be some a little bit of exercise for the day. So I went out and did it like right before dinner or something. And my five-year-old, actually my six-year-old came outside and he was like, Dad, you said you would tell me if you were going to do this. I want to do it with you. <laughs> I got a big lecture. Um, but that's the thing is, uh, generally speaking, they really want to be a part of it. So to get more into that, on uh, on Saturday, we've talked about the way we do chickens and it's a deep litter method. So we spread, I put wood chips in their in their coop over the course of a year and keep layering it on top and of that. And how much? So people pick So by the end, you know, I've put a ton of wood chips in there over the course of a year, but they kind of break down and become a smaller, you know, quantity. But by the end of the year, there's every bit of, of like 15 inches of mm-hmm. what is now really broken down compost. So the chickens are pooping in there all year long and then scratching around in it. I'll mix some or I'll throw some cow manure in there and they love mixing that in with it. And at the end of the year, it's totally broken down. I just had to shovel it out with a snow shovel because it's so broken down. And then I'm going to spread that all over our gardens. Well, whatever needs the most, you know, that we decide for that year, I'm going to spread it on the gardens. It's really good compost. But um, I was doing it. It's, it's a fairly big job to cart it all the way over there and then have to refill the coop with a bunch of fresh wood chips. And it probably took me four or five hours. And my five-year-old was with me the entire time. I never asked him to. I just said, hey, I'm going to do this. You want to come along? And then the other three were, were in and out of it with me. They were helping me spread it, and they wanted to be a part of it too. But what's so amazing about this is, is I got to spend four or five quality hours with my kids where I wasn't entertaining them. I wasn't having to make something you know interesting for them. Life was just interesting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having to entertain them. I was doing something productive, something that I could help teach them, something where I was getting to work out. And the entire time I was with my young children. And that is so, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And that's the thing is we don't, we make our kids do chores, of course. They have to learn to do chores, but we don't generally make them do any of the farm projects. We've we had too many warnings from people we knew where they were they were wounded because their parents, you know, made them weed the garden for hours growing up. And, right. Yeah. Right. And so we don't make them do farm chores, uh, you know, farm farm projects. But every time I'm doing one, you know, give them a little bit of freedom. They always want to be a part of it anyway. Yeah, we think work is really, really important. And it's funny because uh, my son has been reading these saint books about, you know, St. Benedict or uh, St. Thomas Aquinas or the, the last two that come to mind. And, and you know, the saints, oh, and, and John Bosco. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was three saints in a row that he was reading these little biographies. And they all said the same thing about how important work is. Work is so important because it um, really doesn't allow time for boredom, which can lead to sin, you know, and it's important for the kids to have a project where they feel good about themselves and they, it builds confidence and it, it teaches you responsibility. I mean, work is, work is a holy thing, but we understand that children are children and, and you can't, you don't want to, um, like push them so hard that they become turned, turned against it. So our kids definitely have to do chores. Um, that is, that is important, but we know that this homestead thing that Pete and I doing it, are doing, it's really our, our dream. It's, right. it's, not, it's not fair to really put too much of that on them. So when Pete's out on a Saturday fixing a fence, he doesn't tell our kids, like, you have to come and do this with me. But it's funny. They always want to be a part of it. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And it, it just works itself out in, in that there's rarely all four of them are going to be with me at one time, but they come in and out and somebody's always with me. And then I get to have this time where I get to spend one-on-one time with them a mm-hmm. lot um, while I'm doing stuff. And, and then I get to, you know, it's, it's way easier to teach one person at a time so I can always be working with them. And the difference about that and other activities. So I've, I do carpentry. It's really hard to involve the kids into the carpentry. It just is. At the ages that they're at, there's power tools and there's dust. And I've done a ton of residential renovation work over the years. It's really hard. Like, I can involve the kids a little bit, but generally they're not productive. They get in the way. It's dangerous. Um, there's, it, it doesn't work well. Renovation mm-hmm. and carpentry doesn't work well at this phase in their life. And so that's hard. I mean, I remember my dad um, fixed up our house growing up and I have memories of, remember him reciting the house. I have memories of just wanting to be with him while he did that. And of course, he, you know, he let me be with him, but it's not like I could, as a little kid, be very productive helping to put siding on a house. You know, I just, I could spend time with him. Homesteading activities are like totally different when it mm-hmm. comes to that is that they can be a part of it. They can help spread wood chips. They can help me put a fence in. They can, you know, help take care of the animals and all the different activities that are farm work, helping to plant, helping to harvest. They're mildly productive. Like it is mm-hmm. helpful to have them there. They don't get in the way at all. And there's there's none of these issues about it being very rarely are there issues about it being dangerous or, or I gotta shuffle them out of the way. And so that's what's so nice about all these activities is the kids are a part of it with me. Yeah. And one thing that we kind of say over and over again, we don't spend a lot of time entertaining our children. That's yeah, something that's, that's kind of important to us. Um, now, that's obviously something that we don't want to go. We, you don't want to go too far with. I mean, we like we play games with our kids, mm-hmm. um, but the amount of time that we actually really entertain them is very, very small. Maybe it's like 
um, a board game here and there, or we listen to an audiobook together at night. Um, there's, but it's a very small percentage of our day is spent entertaining our kids. We really believe that um, it's important for them to figure out ways to entertain themselves, um, to be imagined, to like to to experience, um, you know, boredom, but then do something about it. So whether that be work or building a fort, or which which to a kid building a fort is is work, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, or, you know, doing their, we, we put in like this American Ninja Warrior course. I mean, it's important for them to go and figure out ways to entertain themselves. And, um, but, but you also want to spend time with your kids. So it's like this balance of, I'm not going to entertain you, but it's still important that I spend time with you. And that's where I feel like homesteading is the perfect blend of it. It's, it is. It really it's, is. I'm with you, but we're... I'm not entertaining you. It's almost like We're this is the together. craft. This, yeah, is the, this is the craft. Like, you know, a lot of parents do crafts with their children, and I'm just not crafty. I've no, I'm already doing enough dishes. I have no desire to, like, clean up sparkles or <laughs> cotton balls or whatever it is. So it's, it's neat because this is the craft, and you get to eat it, and yeah. you get to watch it grow. And it's just, it's really cool. And I hear a lot of parents that are like, oh, we, have no, we would have no time, no time to, to do homesteading. And that's true for, for some people if they have maybe more demanding jobs or this thing or, you know, there's truth to that, of course. But at the same time, um, if you're, if our life was spent, like, we have to go to this place and do this, like, we, we have to entertain you, so we're kind of running around all the time, plus I'm entertaining you in the home all the time, then I would feel like I have no time to homestead. But if we take all that out, Suddenly we have hours. Right. You know. And that is that is the, the question as a parent is what do you do with all of the time? Like what do you do with all of these hours every day where your kids are gonna wanna be into something? I mean, everybody wants to be into something and be interested. And so I think somehow, probably especially in, in a suburban culture, there's this dynamic where parents feel like they have to constantly be entertaining their kids. They gotta keep them interested. And what are you gonna do with all of those hours? Mm-hmm. And I think that is what you know, having the extra space out here where they can go build forts and run around and do things, and then also having these activities set up where we're trying to produce things and make gardens and take care of animals, it fills in all of that space with something productive to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think, you know, our kids, fortunately, we had four boys in a row, so that certainly helps because they're always playing with each other, but they've also had this, to be bored sometimes and learn how to, what do you do when you get bored? How are you going to how are you going to handle that? And right. Hopefully the answer more often than not is eventually figure out some way to be interested. <laughs> and it's funny because our kids are, it's neither they're four boys, but they also do have some different interests. And it's, um, it's just nice having the space from each other. So when, you know, one of our kids loves to read, so he'll go off and he'll spend a lot of time reading. A couple of our kids, they like to play imagination. So they'll go off and just build Legos and, use their imagination. Um, <clears throat> another one of our kids likes to really build stuff. So we give him like lots of little woods, uh, wood, pieces of wood, like peat scraps, and he'll, he'll build things. I don't know. They all kind of have their own, their own thing too, that right. they like to go off and do. Right. They spend a lot of time together, but then they also have a lot of um, space to go do their own thing. Right. And like Kristen said, I think this has been on her mind for a long time and she's really, really good at it is then providing 
those things. They're always available. You can always go look at drawing books and learn how to draw better. Mm-hmm. We're trying to set up a music space for them now so they can learn how to you know, start playing piano and just have that available to them. Mm-hmm. Having the ninja line and the, and the um, playground set up so they can go play on it. But yeah, having those spaces set up so that when they do want to do something, it's available to them. That's very important to me is I want them to have a lot of time in the day. School does not take us I could say two different things. I could say, oh, yeah, we do school all day if I count the things that they do on their own. Or I could say, oh, yeah, we only do school for, it, school only takes us about two hours. It's kind of which, which school am I talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, the sit down at the table thing doesn't take very long. You know, they, they do their math workbooks. They do their writing. They do their grammar. Um, they do their science. And that doesn't take very long. They can finish that very, very quickly. Um, but then the rest of the day, that's still... That's where the that's where the more important learning takes place, I think, because they're going after things. They have like the whole day to go after things that are exciting to them. And it's neat to see their little their little things. Like it's neat to see my bookworm just have half the day to go and read and and he remembers everything he reads and he's always telling me these random facts about the world. And then um, we've got one kid who's really showing some music talent and I'm excited to see him have the space to really practice that. Um we've got a lot of artists in our family. So they spent a lot of time drawing. There's one, our five-year-old has been drawing nonstop for the past three days. Yeah. His turtles are getting, <laughs> he keeps drawing the same thing over and over. Really good. He's drawing these coral reefs over and over again. It's really yeah. funny. Um, um, and then yeah, my little, uh, woodworker and then of course Legos. I mean, Legos, thank whoever Legos. invited, oh, whoever invented wonderful. Legos. I'm just like, I need to shake your hand. Do you have just... Yeah, I'm, I'm giving them a hug. I mean, my, my boys spend hours a day playing Legos, which is a great... I mean, that's a great way to, like, build stuff. It's really... It takes a lot of, you know, attention to detail. It takes a lot of imagination. Um, so, you know, following directions. Legos are, Legos are awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was reading an article from a child psychologist, and it was... It, it, the headline caught my eye, and so I read it. And it was something like, the four needs that children need but aren't getting enough of. And and one of those, I think the one that caught my eye the most was autonomy. And so for so many kids, their entire life, every little aspect of it is set up and they just have to follow along. Like, this is what you do. This is what you do next. This is what you do next. This is what you do next. And, and they're just kind of having all of that provided for them. And then they just go along with it. And I think that's the opposite. Um, you know, we have to provide a lot of things for our kids, but we really want to give them the space to have autonomy. And the more freedom they're capable of as they get older, hopefully the more freedom we can give them. But just a lot of time is, mm-hmm. is the biggest part of autonomy mm-hmm. right now at their age. It's just having a lot of time and then some space to be able to, to use it. Yeah, to figure out what they like and what they want to get into. I think the other important thing is limiting screens big time. Um now, our kids, they're watching a show right now. We yeah, do let again, our kids... That means balance, I think. It doesn't mean no screens, but it needs to be, certainly from what most of the culture is doing right now, very limited. Right, because it's just so addicting. And if it's so hard to get into a hobby when you're, you have this addiction. You know, like if you're just thinking, I want to go, I want to go like play my video game. I want to go play... Even if you're limiting that for them, even if right. you're saying you only get your video game for this much time, it's hard to get into something if you're if you're thinking about something else. Right. So our kids do get to have shows. Um, and there are some shows that were like, you know, that show is too, is drawing you in too much. Right. You like that show too much. And it's just, it's too exciting. I like slow. I like shows like 
uh, Wild Kratts, or sometimes I'll watch like Planet Earth. I like shows that are, you know, educational and not too exciting that they're like, I need to see this show because it's right. so. So we try to limit those kind of shows. Well, and there are there's certain shows that do ma- at least make an attempt at teaching something, and that's a mm-hmm. little bit different than a show that's set up entirely for entertainment. Right. I mean, if you've lived in our culture at all, you realize that the draw of pure entertainment is really, really strong. And it's, you know, kids are in a space where they can resist that the least. So if something is just about entertainment, then I think there needs to be a limit on it. Right, because I was noticing my son, when he was watching this one show that was really entertaining, he wanted to read less. And I was like, I don't like what this is doing to your brain. We're not going to, we're going to cut this show out because it's making you not want to read. And that's, that's scary. Um, And then we don't let our kids do any kind of video games or anything like that because they're just so, there's, we've read just so many articles on just, especially males have this desire to want to, you know, conquer something and video games gives them that satisfaction of wanting to like, the artificial achievement of yeah leveling up or or, getting the new achievement. And Mm so it fulfills that. I mean, that is, that is built into a deep level of our psychology is that we want to achieve things in life. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, how that's worked throughout, you know, all activities that you have to work hard to get there. Right. You don't just get to play a little video game and it gives it to you automatically. And so that we just understand the power of that. that. That's a strong, strong thing. Yeah, and the hard thing about, you know, doing a podcast is you say something, you know, we say, oh, our kids aren't allowed to do video games. I don't know what's going to happen when they're in high school or, you know, maybe we'll allow them in a little bit. I don't know, maybe not. But right now, our kids haven't had that. And it's Every family's different, too, is that we're we're not saying any of this from a a black and white standpoint. I Mm -hmm. mean, whatever works for people in their family, you know, all we're saying is that we want to have a great respect for it. That's right. Um, what, but one, one neat thing is I did get this. I've, I do have an iPad, and it does help me with homeschooling a lot. I, I really like it. But I um, got this app, and it's this very, very like boring app. It's, it was called, I don't even remember what it's called. It's something about like countries of the world. And basically, it's a blank map. It shows you where all the countries are, and then you have to, like, uh, it'll show you, like, I don't know, um, Canada. And then you have to click on Canada. And... Um, and then you get star. You get like a star when you get all the countries, right? And my son, I let him do this app. And um, that's like, if you're not playing video games, it's like as exciting as a video game, I think, <laughs> to you. But I'm like, hey, you know, this is like an education, really educational. So I'm not joking. In about a week, he literally from this, he just has a great memory. So in about a week from this app, he can now label every single country of the world and don't don't be like I have to get this app my my son has a ridiculous crazy memory so I don't know if every kid would would do this none of my other kids did this but in about a week he memorized every single country of the world and to him that was like this exciting video game and I think if he was playing video games he gets so into things I think it'd be harder for him to do this boring country Right. Game. Right. So uh, I just like to keep things as boring as possible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that they'll find entertainment um, in those things. It seems to be a huge emphasis I can see among schools right now is how to get as much much technology into the school as fast as possible. And I just, Mm. that seems 
like we should be having a lot more respect for it than that, I mm-hmm. think. But so right. we're trying to find that balance. And and here's the other thing, you know, just to say is that we're all probably going to get it wrong. I mean, all of this technology is so new. We're all trying to grapple with what is the right balance. And so um, I think that's the most important thing is to constantly be discerning what is bringing life to a family and what's not bringing life as far as technology goes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm I'm really thankful for my to have that iPad. It's really really helpful. So it's not like we're no we're not no screens or it was funny because one time we had um, somebody came and did a little like news article on us and they were like their kids don't see any screens. I'm like I never said that. No, they do. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. right because they're gonna have screens in front of them their whole lives. I mean oh, yeah. that's our country now. So we also want to make sure that they can hopefully learn how to deal with it appropriately right uh, so that if we just cut it out entirely it feels like then then they wouldn't then learn how to be mature about it so. mm-hmm. right right so yeah I guess for us homesteading is it's a lot of just Peter allowing the kids to be with them I'm in in the winter I'm just like hiding away inside when they're out I'll be honest like I'm not doing a lot of winter uh projects Kristen <laughs> hates the cold I hate the cold and I feel like my hobby, so... Wait, so she walks around our house in a winter coat, and I walk around our house in a t-shirt. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> does but me. Um, and sometimes I'll have a hat on, too. Yeah. And my house isn't even that cold, but I just don't like to feel cold. But I feel like I do... I work really hard in gardening in the growing season. I do love gardening. It's not like I don't do any homesteading, but I feel like in the winter, I just want to focus on homeschooling. That's my project, and I'm not going to... I don't like to be outside in the cold, but it's nice because my kids all like the cold, so they go out with dad, and I kind of have a quiet house, and it's just yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I, it's absolutely wonderful. I love having... Getting paid back for the toddler years. I know, right. I know. They were with me for the toddler years, and now they're with you for their yeah. their adulthood. <laughs> just kidding. Five, five yeah. to ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they love it, and they're not bitter about it. They like they get so excited to, like, to, to show me the mulch that they moved. Uh, we don't ever want this to be a thing where they're like they look back on their childhood and they're just like my dad made us work all the time. Yeah. Um, and also, we haven't even touched on this. Sports are really important to us. Yeah. Um, but we we limit the um, the organized sports, so they play they get to play one sport on a team, which is great. We love it. Peak coaches or assistant yeah, coaches. Yeah, really fun. We love that. Um, but we don't feel the need for them to go and do. Um, all the, we don't really run want to run around to all the, we have four boys that could be like, yeah. that could be going to practices like every night of the week. I mean, that, and then all day Saturday organized sports would with four boys who have athletic ability, it would just take over our lives. Yeah. So we just don't allow that. But my kids probably play more sports than most kids because they will play sports in the yard for hours when it's warm, especially They'll play baseball for hours. They'll play soccer for hours. They'll play football for hours. So, yeah, they're not playing on a team all year, but they're definitely playing more. Like, it's kind of fun to see my kids have been playing baseball for two hours and the buses are coming by. I think your little homeschool thing that you're supposed to fill in says, what are you doing for homeschool for gym? You're like, life is what we're doing. Yeah, the way Maryland works is um, I'm under an umbrella. So everybody asks me, do you do a co-op? And I'm like, no, I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be tied to other people's right now. I mean, when they're older, when they're in high school, 
I want them to have a little bit more accountability. Well, and co-ops are amazing for some families. They're right. really, really good. And we might even do one when they're know, at a different point in our life. But, but right now, it's just what we're doing is working so well. We have so much freedom, and I want to maintain the freedom. And I'm confident that they're getting the work done that they need to get done. Some families are like, we need a little more accountability, so they'll do a co-op. But luckily, I live in an area where there are just so many homeschool families. Mm-hmm. So people are always asking, like, but what about the socialization? And I'm like, we're, we, are, we are overly socialized. We see so many homeschool kids, you know, throughout the week, just, just even in our, in our own neighborhood, that, you know, they're getting that interaction uh, with other kids. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Right. All right. So another big piece of this, and, and trust me, like, we, we, we totally understand that there's a lot of constraints on people's lives and not everybody gets everything they want. But it is so good for our kids to have space. And to when, run around and to just to just space. Well, when you say space, because we're talking, we've talked about space, but oh, land, land, <laughs> land. <laughs> there is something so healthy for a child to have land, to be able to just run endlessly and not be have a parent be like, "Stop! You're gonna get by a car." Right, right. Um, Having to hover over them the whole time, actually letting them get to move away a little, you know, a little further away, and it's good for the parent to have space from the kid. Yeah, I mean. We live in a culture, and I read articles about this all the time. I just saw one wellness mama actually just posted one. Just, you know, we live in a culture where you just, you feel like your kid is, we, we want our kids to be safe. And, and there's just so much about being safe. So it's it's really suffocating for a parent. It's like, I cannot let this child, you know, be away from me because they need to be safe. And, and when you live in like a, a busy city like that, I'm not saying that that's not true. I mean, we lived on a real, we had... Four kids, and we lived on a busy street. And I remember one time, uh, my two-year-old, Pete was at work, and in a, you know, you know how fast a two-year-old can get away from you. Um, he was two years old, and I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And he was um, in the neighbor's driveway, really close to the road. And I just remember just running and grabbing him and being just terrified because yes, he could have gotten into this busy. We were living right on a busy street. He could have gone into the busy road, and it it happens. They get they can get away so quickly if you turn your back, and so. It's it's very very scary, but then it becomes like very suffocating right. to um, to always have fear and to not be able to let your kid out. And I remember when we moved to our property, just seeing one of my kids being a lot further away from me. And you know, I can see them; I know they're safe. Um, but I'm like, wow, how good for him that I'm not hovering over him. How good for me that he's over there and I'm over here. Right. It's just so much healthier. It's just so much healthier. Right. When Kristen and I were growing up, we lived on a street where we could just roam the streets. I mean, we, we went bike riding, we would play jailbreak, you know, mm-hmm. till, till it got dark outside and have, you know, water balloon fights, all kinds of stuff, endlessly playing in the neighborhood. And that just doesn't seem to happen anymore. And I kind of understand why there's a lot of good reasons why parents feel like they can't just let their kids go roam the streets anymore. Um, you know, and, and especially that that can get back to screens too. You let your your kids run off, and then other kids have their screens, and they're getting into all kinds of things that mm-hmm. we wouldn't want them into. But we want space still. We want the kids to be able to run and to go into the woods and make forts and all the stuff that kids should be doing. So yeah, having space right there just seems to solve a lot of problems. Uh huh. So. And I I really do. I think it gets them a lot of energy out. I mean, they're just. And I I do think for a boy to be able to move. And to run and to, I mean, girls too. I mean, just for a child to be able to run and use their body. And it's just, it's very important. 
Right. Um, and you see it. You see that the days where your kid is driving you the most crazy, it's when they haven't been able to get their energy out. So, right. Like you just said, you talked about it being good for the parent, too. There is, after being somewhat cooped up with, with young kids, there is this really satisfying feeling when you can look and see your kid, you know, more than 10 feet away from you, having fun on their own. And it's just like, you don't have to be hovering over them. It's a really, really satisfying feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and again, everything we say, you know, it, you have to just take it with a grain of salt and, you know, we might say something different in three years. <laughs> you, yeah. you just have to pray about your own family and you have to discern what's best for your family. Um, but we can share what, what we do. And if, again, if something inspires you, then, then great. Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say about it is just that I think sometimes when people say, how do you homestead with kids? One of the, one of the things they're asking there is how do you do parenting and then have this other piece of your life where you're spending a whole bunch of time doing it. And I think what we're really shooting for here is that the whole thing is integrated together. Mm-hmm. Parenting is homesteading mm-hmm. and homesteading means being a parent and they're not two separate things. Mm-hmm. Although, like we said, they needed to be when we had toddlers. But, right. but once they're once they're past that toddling phase, it's just, it's a part of our family life. There's You can't really separate the two from each other. Right. And it's that's actually a similar thing you could say about homeschooling. Um, people think that homeschooling, they often think I'm taking a, a long school day and I'm doing everything they do in the school day and I'm putting it into my regular day. And homeschooling is so different because it's one-on-one. You're not in this classroom. I mean, and, and a, lot of, a lot of their learning, like, hey, history, my son goes off and he reads history. And it's, it's just integrated. It's, school's often integrated in the day. For the young kids, like the early, early kindergarten, first grade, elementary school, homesteading is science. I mean, yeah. you can't get better science than that, than right. you know, growing plants from seed and taking care of animals and learning where your food comes from. So it's, it is. It's, our life is very integrated. It's not, um, you know, I took this culture, the, the life that the culture wants me to have. And then I want to do homesteading on top of that. No, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. Yeah. And then it'd be like, well, I don't know where you find the time because yeah. there wouldn't be enough time. That's right. for sure. Right. Right. All right, everyone. Well, have a great day. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye.